Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, or actually good afternoon, I guess, and welcome to the Parenting Aces radio show on Blog Talk Radio's UR Tennis Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and we have another great show for you this week. We have Atlanta-based coach Vivian Chetri on with us today, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff from coaching juniors to training juniors to Kalamazoo to learning from the pros. Um, Viv's got a whole range of experiences to share with us, and I I know everybody's going to learn a lot from him and hopefully pick up some things to take back to your own juniors' training and development. Before I bring Viv on the line, though, I have to just briefly mention that this past weekend was the Saul Schwartz Save College Tennis All-In Tournament up in Baltimore. And I know y'all are probably sick of hearing me talk about the Saul and reading about the Saul on ParentingAces.com. But I just want to say just quickly uh, what an incredible weekend we had in Baltimore and just send a huge, huge thank you out to our sponsors, the presenting sponsor, Hollaburn Sports, uh, our Division One sponsor, Wilson Tennis, and our numerous other sponsors, including TennisBalls.com, Universal Tennis, of course, Parenting Aces, and uh, – the Rubin family, the Schwartz family, the Selman family, the Sklar family, the Hubbard family. I, I mean, it was just unbelievable that the number of people that supported the event with donations, with their time and energy, and actually coming out and watching the players and taking part in the weekend. It was just unreal, unreal. I have written up my my first of what may be several pieces on the tournament. So you can check that out on parentingaces.com at your leisure. And uh, hopefully we'll be taking this tournament on the road and making it into a series of events so that more kids in more cities can experience what a positive tournament, what it feels like and to experience what Saul's vision was for junior tennis and I think we came pretty close to capturing that with the Saul this past weekend. And, again, thank you to everyone who donated money, time, energy, and support to make this event happen. It it just was incredible. Okay. So I know you all aren't here to listen to me chat, so let let me bring Viv on the line, and we'll jump right into today's show. Viv, thanks so much for joining us today, and I'm I'm really excited to chat with you and hear your take on what's going on in the junior tennis world. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm happy to be here and appreciate the honor to be here. So excited so to talk to you. You have you have a um, a recent job upgrade. So let's start by letting you give a plug to Lifetime and talk about what your position is there now. Um, yes, I um, I recently took a position as the, the director of tennis or in, in our company, they call it tennis manager, um, managing the club here in um, Lifetime, uh, Lifetime Fitness in uh, Peachtree Corners. Um, we have 20 outdoor courts, eight indoor, uh, eight indoor court facility, 
Uh, pretty good tennis program, um, a very good high-performance program. Um, and as you know, in Atlanta, um, um, can't uh, can't live without Alta. So pretty good adult Alta program too. So um, yeah, so just started this about mid-summer to early summer, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about this job. And you've been with Lifetime for several years already. So um, yeah, you know, you you're third year with lifetime i actually previously i was actually um uh one of the academy coaches we have a very strong academy program here so um from almost about 50 kids who are homeschooled um and um we um you know um work with them full time they go to school here they they play tennis fitness and uh, and everything so i was involved in that coaching and uh traveling with the players um all over the country, all over the world. So it's been a it's been a great road, and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. So yeah, I've been here for about three years, and um, our previous um, previous uh, director um, had to step down due to family issues. His father wasn't feeling as well, so he wanted to spend more time with his dad, and um, um, wouldn't blame him. So I ended up stepping up and uh, taking the role. Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about your own personal tennis story. How did you get started playing? How old were you? And what were your experiences like in the juniors and then moving on from there? Um, I started at the age of eight. Um, just started it as a, as a summer, summer sport because I had nothing to do that summer. And um, you know, I'm originally from India, so first choice was to go play cricket, <laughs> and I um, I really didn't, uh, I wasn't really into the team sport at that point, so when I saw tennis, and it was just something very new, and I hadn't ever played it before, so um, kind of like instantly, I kind of got really attached to it. Um, my dad was a very good badminton player, so I used to play badminton with him, so I had like some hand-eye uh, skills, so, you know, kind of like I uh, improved in tennis pretty fast, and by the time I was like, I don't, I don't know, nine or ten, I started, uh, I was competing in state state level in India, which was a pretty big deal at, back at that point. And then soon, by the time 11 started hitting, I started playing in the national levels. And then, uh, you know, just um, started playing some ITF, some pro-level tournaments by the time I got 15 and 16, and um, then decided to come to college over here. Um, the the journey, journey was very, now that I look back to it, it was um you know as i said like you know it was a lot of fun um that's all i can uh that's all i can relate to it you know i mean i know there there had to be days where i probably lost and won matches and i was sad or happy about it but when i look back to it you know it was just a fun thing that i did and and yeah enjoyed enjoyed a lot out of it you know got a lot out of it came to us um you know, got free education um, and everything. So yeah, and a lot of. Where good did you go to school of... here? I Where went to University. Of... I went to University of West Florida, 
it is a division two school um when i came into college i uh I had you know i had um i think you, you can you're allowed to accept so much money and then afterwards um you, you have there are some very strict rules with division one so i could not play division one so i had to go to the uh, division two school um called university of west florida had a great experience um you know um i don't know if you know much about division two schools but west florida is probably one of the uh, better schools, uh, boys' schools in the country. They've probably been like top five in the country for the last 10, 12 years, um, very consistently. Uh, when we were there, we were, I think, top top three in the country pretty much every single year. Uh, one in the country, well, one of the years, or actually two of the years. How did you do your research about colleges in the U.S.? I'm always curious about how somebody from another part of the world knows where to go when they come here? You know, at that point, um, um, Internet was very new. <laughs> this was yeah. about like 15 years ago, right? Internet was very new. So all we all we had done is just heard about colleges and, and um, you know, as an international, we actually didn't even know. I, I still make... Uh, I still talk to um, a lot of the kids, you know, and um, one of my kids, uh, you know, he, he wants to go to Tulane. One of my kids wants to go to, um, you know, Vanderbilt. And, and I was like, you know, in my time, like, I didn't even know that these schools were good schools because, you know, when you, as a foreigner, you, you look at, okay, University of Florida or Miami or Boston College or Boston University, um, you know, California or something, some some state name would, would ring a bell to us as an international. So I always wanted to go to, like, you know, I always knew that Florida was a big school, um, big tennis area, so I would want, always wanted to go to a Florida school. So when University of West Florida popped in, I was like, oh, you know what, uh, uh, this looks good. <laughs> this sounds good. So I researched a little bit. I mean, the very little research was there. At that point, so I'll just go to uh, College Tennis Online. I think that was uh, the earlier uh, websites would had all the information about different colleges and how their ranking is and everything. So we went to College Tennis Online, picked up the top 10 schools in the division, and then I just emailed the coaches and then started talking to them. And then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, then the scholarship part comes in and everything. And then, you know, didn't visit the school, just basically just, back my bag and just came came right in here. Wow. Wow. I mean, what a journey. That's, you know, it's a long way to travel at a young age and coming to a foreign culture and and having to be educated and play tennis and travel and all of those things. It's awesome that you were able to do that. Yes, I, I really am. You know, for, for a long time, sometimes, you know, um I definitely wanted to play pro tennis and all that but you know I was I was a little sad when I was like okay you know what I'm probably not going to go pro and I'm going to go play tennis at college and uh little did I realize that there were so much opportunities coming to college and all that and um you know I'm very excited and very feel very blessed that I made that decision at, w- at what point did you realize that you wanted to coach and and how did you make the decision coach juniors as opposed to let's say you know being a college coach or a professional coach uh 
Um, you know, I actually, um, I, I had a younger sister, so I was, you know, help, uh, play tennis with her pretty much every single day after practice. And, you know, always like kind of helped her out always. I mean, probably not the best help when I was 14 and 15, probably just, a, um, you know, I don't know, um, a strict older brother coaching. I don't know how would you call that, but uh, <laughs> that was at that point. But always, always loved uh, giving, you know, sharing my my views uh, since a younger age. And then uh, when I came to college, um, we had a couple of girls who were younger. They were competing in the 15 and in the under 16s and the 18s. And I started like working with them in in Pensacola and. Um, and um soon realized that it was a lot of fun and you know um i missed competing after when i graduated from college so i just realized that it just kind of came naturally to me and um uh, really didn't have to think much about it um um you know i studied international studies and did some um, you know did my mba in finance and just just realized that um, I wasn't as good at that than in tennis. So when I when I really started like teaching tennis, it just came very naturally to me. I didn't I, I didn't have to think twice uh, before I um, before I said something on the tennis court. You know, it just actually came very naturally. So then I decided that this is this is it for me. You and, have uh, a very oh go ahead go ahead. I was I was actually talking about college tennis and. Uh, I never really ventured out towards college tennis coaching yet. So I don't know if that's there in the future or not, but as of now, very happy where I am and, uh, you know, um, excited about, um, you know, the path that I've chosen. Awesome. I What I was getting ready to say is you take a very intellectual approach to coaching. And I say that because I feel like every time you and I have a conversation, you you really see things from a very different angle than the majority of coaches that I talk to. And what precipitated you coming on the show today was we ran into each other at the big Love Talk Radio. Good morning, or actually good afternoon, I guess, and welcome to the Parenting Aces radio show on Blog Talk Radio's You Are Tennis Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and we have another great show for you this week. We have Atlanta-based coach Vivian Chetri on with us today, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff from coaching juniors to training juniors to Kalamazoo to learning from the pros. Um, Viv's got a whole range of experiences to share with us, and I I know everybody's going to learn a lot from him and hopefully pick up some things to take back to your own juniors training and development. Before I bring Viv on the line, though, I have to just briefly mention that this past weekend was the Saul Schwartz Save College Tennis All-In Tournament up in Baltimore. And I know y'all are probably sick of hearing me talk about the Saul and <laughs> reading about the Saul on ParentingAces.com. But I just want to say just quickly uh, what an incredible weekend we had in Baltimore and 
to send a huge, huge thank you out to our sponsors, the presenting sponsor, Hall of Bourbon Sports, uh, our Division One sponsor, Wilson Tennis, and our numerous other sponsors, including TennisBalls.com, Universal Tennis, of course, Parenting Aces, and uh, the Rubin family, the Schwartz family, the Selman family, the Sklar family, the... Hubbard family, I, I mean, it was just unbelievable that the number of people that supported the event with donations, with their time and energy, and actually coming out and watching the players and taking part in the weekend. It was just unreal, unreal. I have written up my my first of what may be several pieces on the tournament, so you can check that out on parentingaces.com at your leisure and uh, hopefully we'll be taking this tournament on the road and making it into a series of events so that more kids in more cities can experience what a positive tournament, what it feels like, and to experience what Saul's vision was for junior tennis. And I, I think we came pretty close to capturing that with the Saul this past weekend. And, again, thank you to everyone who donated money, time, energy, and support to make this event happen. It, it just was incredible. Okay, so I know y'all aren't here to listen to me chat, so let me, let me bring Viv on the line, and we'll jump right into today's show. Viv, thanks so much for joining us today, and I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you and hear your take on what's going on in the junior tennis world. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm happy to be here and appreciate the honor to be here. So excited so to talk to you. You have you have a um, a recent job upgrade. So let's start by letting you give a plug to Lifetime and talk about what your position is there now. Um. Yes, I um I recently took a position as the the director of tennis, or in in our company they call it tennis manager, um managing the club here in um, Lifetime, uh, Lifetime Fitness in uh, Peachtree Corners. Um, we have 20 outdoor courts, eight indoor uh, eight indoor court facility. Um, uh, pretty good tennis program. Um, a very good high performance program. Um, and as you know in Atlanta, um. Um, can't uh, can't live without Alta, so pretty good adult Alta program too. So um, yeah, so just started this about mid-summer to early summer, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about this job. And you've been with Lifetime for several years already, so um, yeah, you know you year, third year with Lifetime. I actually previously I was actually. Um, uh, one of the academy coaches. We have a very strong academy program here. So, um, almost about 50 kids who are homeschooled, um, and um, we, um, you know, um, work with them full time. They go to school here. They they play tennis, fitness, and uh, and everything. So I was involved in that coaching and uh, traveling with the players um, all over the country, all over the world. So. It's been a it's been a great road and uh, yeah I've been enjoying it so yeah I've been here for about three years and um, our previous um, previous uh, director um, had to step down due to family issues his father wasn't feeling as well so 
he wanted to spend more time with his dad and um, um, wouldn't blame him. So I ended up stepping up and uh, taking the role. Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about your own personal tennis story. How did you get started playing? How old were you? And what were your experiences like in the juniors and then moving on from there? Um, I started at the age of eight. Um, just started it as a as a summer summer sport because I had nothing to do that summer and um you know i'm originally from india so first choice was to go play cricket and i um i really didn't uh, i wasn't really into the team sport at that point so when i saw tennis and it was just something very new and i hadn't ever played it before so um kind of like instantly i kind of got really attached to it um my dad was a very good badminton player so i used to play badminton with him so i had like some hand-eye uh, skills so you know kind of like I uh, improved in tennis pretty fast and by the time I was like I don't know nine or ten I started uh, I was competing in state state level in India which was a pretty big deal at, back at that point and then soon by the time 11 start hitting I started playing in the national levels and then uh, you know, just um, started playing some ITS, some pro-level tournaments by the time I got 15 and 16, and um, then decided to come to college over here. Um, the the journey journey was very, now that I look back to it, it was, um, you know, as I said, like, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, that's all I can... Uh, that's all I can relate to it, you know. I mean, I know there there had to be days where I probably lost and won matches, and I was sad or happy about it. But when I look back to it, you know, it was just a fun thing that I did, and and yeah, enjoyed enjoyed a lot out of it. You know, got a lot out of it. Came to U.S. Um, you know, got free education um, and everything. So yeah, a lot of where did you go to school of- here? I Where went to University. Of, I went to University of West Florida. It is a Division two school. Um, when I came into college, I uh, had you know I had um, I think you, you can you're allowed to accept so much money, and then afterwards um, you, you have there are some very strict rules with Division one. So I could not play Division one. So I had to go to D, uh, Division two school. Um, called University of West Florida, had a great experience. Um, you know, um, I don't know if you know much about Division Two schools, but West Florida is probably one of the uh, better schools, uh, boys' schools in the country. They've probably been like top five in the country for the last 10, 12 years, um, very consistently. Uh, when we were there, we were, I think, top top three in the country pretty much every single year. Uh, one in the country, one of the years, or actually two of the years. How did you do your research about colleges in the U.S.? I'm always curious about how somebody from another part of the world knows where to go when they come here. You know, at that point, um, um, Internet was very new. (laughs) This was about like 15 years ago, right? Internet was very new, so... All we all we had done is just heard about colleges and 
and uh, you know as an international we actually didn't even know I, I still make uh, I still talk to um, a lot of the kids you know and um, one of my kids uh, you know he, he wants to go to Tulane one of my kids wants to go to um, you know Vanderbilt and and I was like you know in my time like I didn't even know that these schools were good schools because you know, when you, as a foreigner, you, you look at, okay, University of Florida or Miami or Boston College or Boston University, um, you know, California or something, some some state name would, would ring a bell to us as an international. So I always wanted to go to, like, you know, I always knew that Florida was a big school, um, big tennis area, so I would want, always wanted to go to a Florida school, so when University of West Florida popped in, I was like, oh, you know what, uh, uh, this looks good, <laughs> this sounds good, so I researched a little bit, I mean, the very little research was there at that point, so I'll just go to uh, College Tennis Online, I think that was uh, the earlier uh, websites would had all the information about different colleges and how their ranking is and everything, so we went to College Tennis Online, picked up the top 10 schools in the division and then I just emailed the coaches and then started talking to them and then uh, yeah and then you know then the scholarship parts comes in and everything and then you know didn't visit the school just basically just packed my bag and just came came right in here wow wow I mean what a journey that's you know it's a long way to travel at a young age and coming to a foreign culture and and having to be educated and play tennis and travel and all of those things, it's awesome that you were able to do that. Yes, I, I really am. You know, for, for a long time, sometimes, you know, um, definitely wanted to play pro tennis and all that. But, you know, I was I was a little sad when I was like, okay, you know what, I'm probably not going to go pro and I'm going to go play tennis at college. And uh, little did I realize that there were so much opportunities coming to college and all that. And, um, you know, I'm very excited and very feel very blessed that I made that decision. At, w- at what point did you realize that you wanted to coach? And, and how did you make the decision to coach juniors as opposed to, let's say, you know, being a college coach or a professional coach? Um, you know, I actually, um, I, I had a younger sister, so I was – you know, help uh, play tennis with her pretty much every single day after practice and, you know, always, like, kind of helped her out, always. I mean, probably not the best help when I was 14 and 15, probably just a, um, you know, I don't know, um, a strict older brother coaching. I don't know how would you call that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was at that point. But always, always loved uh, giving, you know, sharing my, my views uh, since a younger age, and then uh, when I came to college, um, we had a couple of girls who were younger. They were competing in the 15 and in the under 16s and the 18s, and I started like working with them in in Pensacola, and um, and um, soon realized that it was a lot of fun, and you know, um, I missed competing after when I graduated from college, so. I just realized that it just kind of came naturally to me and uh, really didn't have to think much about it. Um, um, you know, I studied international studies and did some, um, you know, did my MBA in finance and 
just just realized that um, I wasn't as good at that than in tennis. So when I when I really started like teaching tennis, it just came very naturally to me. I didn't I, I didn't have to think twice uh, before I um, before I said something on the tennis court. You know, it just actually came very naturally. So then I decided that this is this is it for me. You and, have uh, a very oh go ahead go ahead. I was I was actually talking about college tennis and uh, I never really ventured out towards college tennis coaching yet. So I don't know if that's there in the future or not. But as of now, very happy where I am and uh, you know um, excited about um, you know the path that I've chosen. Awesome. I what I was getting ready to say is you take a very intellectual approach to coaching and. I say that because I feel like every time you and I have a conversation, you you really see things from a very different angle than the majority of coaches that I talk to. And what precipitated you coming on the show today was we ran into each other at the BB&T Atlanta Open a couple of weeks ago, and yep. I was actually heading home for the day, and you were hanging out at practice courts and watching the pros in their practice, and Talk a little bit about what, why you do that. Why do you watch the pros practice? What are you hoping to learn from them, and how do you apply that to the juniors that you work with? Um, a, a, a lot of it is, you know, as, as I said, like, you know, everything that we do whenever in a pro event, you know, um, it's, it's a lot about learning, Um so as much as much as information that we can get when when the players are around you, uh, we try to get that. So you know, as I said, like yeah, I know we we did meet at the practice courts. Um, I um, I was actually looking at Taylor Fritz that day, and um, Taylor and one of the players I used to coach, Walker, um, played I think two years ago in uh, in um, I, I believe it was Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl that year, and uh, I think it was the quarterfinals, and Walker was up 3-1 up in the third set, and I keep on, like, and, and he was playing very good, was, and he was playing very good. Um, I had two boys playing at that time. Emil was playing on the other court, so I went to watch Emil on the third set, too, and when I came back, Walker had lost, I think he lost 6-4 in the third, and um, I didn't I didn't see a lot of difference uh, in the game at that point. And then you know, as you know, Taylor has the, has had a phenomenal year last year. This year, just I mean, he just he just I mean, even today, I think he beat Tiafo today or sometime yesterday or something. Yesterday, and, uh, he's yeah. Phenomenal, yeah. And um, you know, I just wanted to see what he was doing, how he was preparing. Um, you know, before all these kids were you know right on my court, you know, they were practicing or warming up, and you could see and you know what had changed. Uh, how the routines were, how they were um, handling themselves um, with the crowd, um, you know, with uh, and you know you have people who are interviewing you and all that. So how they were handling themselves, because um, you always want to see that, because it's it's always changing times. You can you know, um, and you want to teach that to your to your players all the time. It's not just being on the court, but a lot of things that you do off the court is so important too and um you know compared the way you practice the you know how you're practicing your practice sessions 
um, and you know, and and even your coach's demeanor and all all of the above. So you know, so when I'm at the practice course, yeah, and that day I specifically, I want I wanted to watch Taylor and see um, how his routines were, if they were a little different than before or not, and um, you know, that that's basically what I wanted to see, and maybe like help me coach better, you know, a few of my players or our players here in the academy. And you had one of your players was playing in the tournament in the BB&T, a young player. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and so I, I'd love to hear, you know, from the coaching side, how do you prepare? I mean, he's just turned 16. He's about okay. to turn 17. He's going to turn, oh, 17, to turn 17, I think. Yes. So, so he played last year, too, though. So was, yes. was 15 about to turn 16, now 16 about to turn 17. How do you coach a kid like that? And, and the kid, just for my listeners, it's Trent Bride, for those of you who are familiar with his name. Um, he's from the Atlanta area and, and works with Viv at Lifetime. How do you get a kid that young ready to compete on that stage? Um, you know, you give your best and hope for the best, to tell you the truth. You know, um, we give him as, as much as um, information uh, or as little as information so he can perform his best. Sometimes too much information and it just hurts. But, um, you know, in, in his case, he he had he had been in the stage last year. Um, he did very well, but last year the difference was uh, the BB quali- qualifying draw was for um, it was a draw of 32, and this year the the draw was of 16. So last year he played Kudla in 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 the second round, whereas this year I uh, forget the name. Um, he played, and he's 105 ATP, playing him uh, first round. So, um, you know, he knew coming in that it's going to be a tough um, a tough task uh, that is asked out of him. But um, basically what we wanted out of it is him to start getting used to a, a pro circuit event, start getting used to, um you know just just small things like you know a toppler practicing right beside you um you know i mean we're hitting and um you know curious was right there he got to hit with curious and isner is right there um you know kevin anderson is right there we're sitting in a table and kevin anderson is eating um lunch with us and you know after a point uh you have to start you know, kind of like feel a part of that group instead of away from that group. And um, right now the whole goal in that tournament was to make him feel that he's in that group. Um, And he has to compete against them instead of respecting them too much, you know. Um, And that was the goal from the tournament. Um, It it wasn't more like, you know, um, I know you asked me uh, how do you prepare him, but it is... You can't really prepare him till he goes there. Um, you can kind of tell him what it's going to feel like. Um, but, you know, it's more of the off-court stuff that, that is more um, that is more challenging. Like even when he played the match, 
Um, he was overwhelmed by the crowd. I mean, there were too many familiar faces in the crowd who wanted him to do well, and he really wanted to do well. I mean, he couldn't even uh, – he just couldn't play till, like, the, the end of the first set. And, you know, it rained, and he, we talked a little bit, and uh, then he kind of let loose a little bit, and he played a much better second set. Um, but for him, it was more about the experience that we wanted him to get out of it and, you know, of course, um, understand that he can play at high levels um, of tennis. So, I mean, what what jumps out at me listening to you talk about this is even for a, a player who is already at that highest level, he's competing at the highest level of juniors and he's now competing, you know, on, on ATP tour. I mean, it's not... Yep. It's not just a futures match. I mean, he's at a tour event playing matches. It's still yep. about development, and there are still steps that these players need to go through. It's not about the win and the loss. It's about learning from each experience, correct? Yes, yes. And, um, you know, learning from each experience and uh, making sure that you keep on getting better with those experiences, um, not repeating the same mistakes again and again. And um, that's pretty much what it is. And, you know, you, uh, um, I think everyone can relate to that. Everyone can relate to that. You know, if we, we have young kids who started Georgia, Georgia level threes to, to, you know, Southern level ones and then go all the way to the national championships. So it's, but every single time you play that first tournament at a higher level, you always feel, feel, uh, you know, a little bit of pressure. Or whenever you play a, a high seed um, at a higher tournament, you feel that pressure. If you're playing for the first time, you know, we have a lot of kids who um, are very good players. They 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 qualify from the qualifier and go to their first Southern, and they play seed 17 or 18. And, you know, they're, they're, they're worried about that match. And, you know, it's just telling them, like, hey, it's going to be okay and all that and making them experience that. And usually when they come out of that match, uh, they realize that, you know, the player wasn't that good. If I would have played better, I could have won. And that's something that 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 what we want from the player, you know. Um, and giving them that belief. We can always talk to them. And be like, hey, you're good. But once they realize that they're good, that's when that's when things change. And that's when things change. Mm-hmm. Well, so interestingly, in Trent's case, he went directly from playing at an ATP tour event to yeah. heading up to Kalamazoo to, to play yeah. boys and yeah. teens at the National Hard Courts. And yeah. that's a whole different animal in terms of feeling pressure. Can you talk about that? Yes, I mean, I was um, very, very proud of him uh, in Kalamazoo. I mean, he he did a phenomenal job uh, at the tournament. Um, uh, Just the way he handled himself, you know, there was a good amount of pressure on him. You know, he, he actually, earlier this year in the ITF, I think he was about like 150, uh, his ranking 150, 180 in the ITS, and he brought it up to like 51. I think that's his uh, current ITF ranking. So you know he's had a lot of good results in the ITF circuit, 
and um, but hasn't played any national tournament since last year, and uh, last year Kalamazoo. So you know, uh, and when 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 the kids come in, all the all the national kids, they, you know, they want a piece of him, and they they they're coming pretty strong at him. And uh, he was uh, the one really good thing that I like about him. You know, he carried himself very well the entire entire tournament um you know of course he's been wor- working very hard for the last six months you know physically and trying to work on his mental part of the game and um so that actually like paid off really well you know i mean his first round he played against this kid his name is mac kiger mac uh mac is a phenomenal player actually we had a we had a tournament last year in our club uh, an itf grade four that mac won and um, actually Trent played in that tournament and lost in the quarterfinals of that tournament um, over here, and Mac won that tournament. So it wasn't an uh, easy first round, and, you know, when Trent went in, and, you know, he kind of like, it was, I think it was a 6-1, 6-2, or 6-0, 6-2, something like that. Um, and that was a very good performance just starting the tournament. So... Since then, I think he built up with the confidence. He 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 did well. A um, lot of challenging matches down the way. You know, he played um, Alafia, who was, you know, he traveled with us in Europe all summer. Uh, played all the bigger tournaments. Actually, Alafia qualified for Wimbledon this year. Played very good. Um, you know, and uh, Trent had a pretty good win against him. I think it was straight sets, uh, two and four or three and four, something like that. Um, then after that, he played Sam Griffiths, uh, who's, again, a, a phenomenal player. Um, you know, um, in his age group, him, I think Sam and uh, Trent are the same age, 99s, both of them. Um, they had a very good match. I mean, it was more of a physical match, very hot day in Kalamazoo. And, um, you know, again, um, Trent played very good and went, um, I think, won straight sets against him. So until semifinals, I mean, uh, Trent not losing a set was, uh, you know, I think that was a very good, very good performance by him. I think mentally and physically, you know, um, every, everyone in Kalamazoo is good. Been been going there for a while now. Everyone in Kalamazoo is good. And um, they, they play at a very high quality. And if you're not on you're not winning in straight sets. And uh, uh, that was, for me, that was the, the, the best part of it until until semifinals, playing very good caliber players and um, winning in straight sets. That that was, um, you know, it just felt like he was in form. And then uh, he ended up playing Michael Moe. And, um, you know, Michael Moe was just a better player. Michael Moe played like a man, you know, more more, more of a man's yeah. tennis. <laughs> Compared to yeah. um, you know um, Trent, who's transitioning from junior tennis to 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 men's tennis, um, you know Michael Moore, every important point had 120 and 130 mile hour serve, uh, and Trent had it sometimes, and Trent didn't have it sometimes, and which led him to get broken a few times, and that was the set in the match for him. And so, so. yeah. So he lost to Michael, and then he had yes. to play another match. Yes. So then he how played. do you get him ready for that next match? You know, um, at that point, you kind of have to um, – it was funny. 
it was funny because um, he he was going to play Zeke next day, and Trent and Zeke practiced all week long um, before every single match. Their match was at the same time, so they played every and and their goal was to meet meet in the finals, and uh, but they ended up meeting for the third and the fourth, which we will take it for sure. You know, it's a very prestigious tournament, and. Um, you know, we have a lot of respect for for Zeke, you know. I mean, he, he's a great player, great fighter. You just know that he's going to bring it all. And um, he knew that. So coming into semifinals, you know, you know, he, he wanted to beat Mo. Um, you know, you beat Mo, you get the, the you know, you're going to get into the uh, men's for the U.S. Open, either in the qualies or either in the, in the main. And... Um, um, so there, you know, and then you lose that, you kind of have to, you kind of have to like take a little break out of it and then get ready for the next day. And that's where the professional part comes in and who can handle that and who cannot handle that makes a huge difference because you are so invested, uh, emotionally by that point. Cause it's a long tournament and Kalamazoo is a long tournament. We were there. Uh, the Friday before or the Thursday before and at this point this is um, a week later and on a Saturday evening you know just having a conversation tomorrow morning we got to go for the third and fourth you're physically and mentally exhausted too so at that point I think the the, the key is to keep your players relaxed and um, you know just let them let loose and they actually know what to do at that point they, they really do know what to do they know how much energy is required to win tomorrow's match. So they'll, they'll do what's required. It's just, are they willing to put that amount of energy at that point? That is, that is the big question. And, you know, you find few, few cues in the conversation and dinner and here and there and try to motivate him. And, uh, um, maybe next morning, try to find few things to motivate him and, um, hope, hope for the best. Um, but, uh, in our case, he ended up losing to, um, Zeke in a very close match, six, four, seven, six. Um, and, uh, yeah, but we were happy for Zeke and at the same time, you know, uh, it was tough, tough loss for, uh, for Trent. Right. Right. But I mean, still an incredible finish, you know, to finish yes. fourth and, um, he's got one more year to play Cattle. Yes. Right, he can play yes. one more time, yes. which is crazy. Yes, yes, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, um, you know, it's you. You gotta respect all the other players too. There's a lot of things in matches in tennis that people don't realize is is small things that make a huge difference. Um, you know, he he was very physically strong. I, I felt like he was physically very strong compared to the majority of the other ground, but that's because he worked hard for the last couple of months too. Um, you know, and on long points and all that stuff, he was recovering a lot better than his opponents. And if he doesn't put that work in next year, you know, and someone else puts the work in, it's, 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 there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. Yes. You know, he's a good enough player to maybe like, you know, be a good contender next year. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's about, like, putting the work in and who's ready, you know, who's ready to play and uh, battle on those courts. 
It's a long week. It's a long week. For sure. Can you expand yeah. a little on what you mean by putting the work in? What are the things specifically that he did in the lead up to the BB&T and then Kalamazoo right after? Can you share some of that? Not giving away any trade secrets, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think it's, it depends on the schedule, how you work and, and all that, you know. I think the the coaching part of it is a big part of it. The fitness part of it is a big part of it. Um, you know, it almost, um, you know, his dad always says it almost takes a village to make a player. You know, his 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 dad and his mom have to do their part of it from from diet to scheduling to the financial part of it. Um, um, you know, us as coaches, we have to we have to take care of it. Um, his coaching part of it. You know, we don't just have one player in the academy. We have quite a few players in the academy. And uh, uh, Will, I don't I don't know if you know Will, Coach Will Wright. You know, Will's been coaching Penn mm-hmm. since he was at at a young age. Um, you know, so it's basically me, Will, you know, whenever Coach Tori can help, Tori helps us. And, um, you know, right now, actually, Trent is in um, College Park um, playing the grade one over there. Um, he He's with Coach Attila. So four of us, we run the academy over here. So between the four of us, we kind of take care of him as much as we can. I'm, I'm taking him to... Canada next week, and then from there I'm going to take him to um, to U.S. Open. But what I'm coming. I have coming, to tell you something to, funny. I I, yeah. I have to tell you something funny. I think he was on my yeah. flight up to Baltimore on Friday. Yes, Friday at eleven o'clock. I think that's that's what the flight was booked, right? I think it was Friday eleven. Yeah. Delta. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. Him and uh, we were on the Zami. same plane. Yeah, and that's funny. But yeah, I mean, I think um, his preparation this this summer was very strong. You know, not only just um, you know the the work hard part of it, uh, the physical. You know, you you have to get ready physically, and it's a very physical sport. You have to be ready. And there are so many talented players out there. They play one good match and they're out of the tournament because they just not ready physically. Then 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 you have the the mental part of it of uh, believing in yourself that can you go deep in a tournament or not. And uh, doing that, so you know, playing a schedule where um, you know you you've beaten good players in a tournament. I mean, we were in Morocco earlier this year, and he had a phenomenal tournament until he got sick and um, made the semifinals of the Grade One. Um, you know, um, he did really well over there. From there, we went to Italy. Um, the first week, he was still recovering from his sickness that he he got sick in Morocco, but Second week we played uh, Bonfilio. Bonfilio is is basically one of the most prestigious tournaments in, in the world. Everyone plays it. Um, that's one right before um, right before uh, a French Open. That's the tournament. And you know, there he played a, a very 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 strong tournament. He actually had to play the qualifying over there. He won three rounds in the qualifying. Uh, played uh, some strong players, top top 30. I think he beat a player who was 25 in the world over there, um, and then ended up playing against Tsitsipas, who was number one in the world, and um, you know was up a set and a break up in the second set 
till he realized that he was about to be disappassed, and that's when he started losing, and I think he lost 6-4 in the third. Um, so a lot of those losses helped him. Uh, a lot of those wins helped him. That schedule playing at a high level um, helped him. You know, I think combination of all of that, good coaching and, um, you know, of course, can't take credits away, credit away from the parents. I mean, you know, got to make sure that, you know, everything off the court is taken care of and they do a phenomenal job uh, of taking care of the things that, you know, uh, that are that have to be done off court. Um, they're very good at that. And I think I have a very good sense about the tennis and they leave the coaches alone and they let them do, you know, have a lot of flexibility um, with the player, even at that high level, you know. Um, so I think this combination of all of that is, you know, you see the result. Um, if I would pick one thing, there, there's there's no such thing as one thing that, that made him better than the other. It's It's a combination of all of that plus him working hard and all that. So that's what, that's, that's what's paying off right now. And that's what's paying off right now. You mentioned Walker and Emil, and I just want to just point out to the listeners, Walker and Emil are both sophomores at University of Georgia playing on the team now, and um, they are, you know, same classes as my son, actually. And so we've known those boys for years. And so, Viv, you've, you know, a, a really interesting mix of players at Lifetime. And I'd love to hear how, as a coach, you help families make the determination of whether a player should be aiming for top-level Division One tennis, Division Two, Three NAIA tennis, or aim for the pros. What are you looking for in players that help you as a coach guide families? You know, I mean, there's there's quite a few um, things that we ask the parents. First of all, you know, I think uh, before even I talk to the parents, I actually talk to the kid first and what, what they want and what they would enjoy, you know. Um, and uh, to, to start off, First thing first, we always um, we ask the kid what their top twenty schools are, and then from their top, top 20, twenty schools, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. Yeah. And we start that we start that at the beginning of their junior year, if not the summer of. So if this summer, if someone's a rising junior, we would start right about now, and we we talk to them about like what would their top twenty schools be, best case scenario, worst case scenario. Um, where would they want to be? So we, we start there. And then from there onwards, you know, we have meetings over here at, at, at the club. We, we we educate parents regarding, like, scholarships. We, we educate the parents regarding Division one, two, and three. We just give them information first. And then a lot of the parents kind of can figure out things as to where their kids are they, 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 once they get all the information where what the realistic expectations are. And from then, they come talk to us like, hey, we really want our kid to go to, you know, Notre Dame. We, want, we really want our kid to go to Notre Dame, and uh, can he go there? Well, you know, Notre Dame is, you know, it's a very good academic school too, so do you have the grades? Do you have the 
thing and all that stuff. Well, if he does this, this, and this, yes, there's a chance for him to go to Notre Dame. You know, we always talk to coaches. Um, you know, we always let the coaches know, like, hey, one of our players is uh, interested in your school. You know, we always, you know, let the, the coaches know positives and negatives of our players and, and all that. And if they're interested, we we help them in, in, in that way. But we try to we try to put a little more, you know, um, the problem starts happening is when, when the expectations are wrong. And the thing is you want to educate the parents and as to like what, what the expectations are. I think UTR has done a very good job, you know, um, like giving the rankings and like the UTR rankings um, for, for, for different teams. So it's, it's very easy if you if I'm a UTR nine, I cannot look at a team with UTR fourteen and fifteen in, in you right. know college teams with UTR fourteen and fifteen. Um, now in some cases, you know I, I've had a player who's a UTR ten, but he's looking at teams at thirteen and between thirteen and fourteen, but he's ten because he's injured and. He's 10 because he is not that experienced. So what we ended up doing with him is, like, we, we, we asked him, like, hey, your junior year, you're going to play a lot of tennis, and you're going to get a lot of results. And uh, what we ended up doing is we wanted him to go – he wanted to go to a big school, and, you know, um, he ended up going to Tennessee. Um, but first year, he <coughs> he went to Tennessee, and – he would not get the scholarship because the scholarship was already gone. But starting second, and he would get scholarship. But it's a lot better than going to a smaller school and not trying to go for your dreams <coughs> to go to play. Um, I mean, he wanted to go to play for a big SEC school. So, you know, so then we decided, like, hey, hold on a second. Work really hard for this year. If you play really well, you may not get the scholarship, but at least – the coach can get you into the team and then, you know, kind of go from there. So it worked out really well for him. So for different people, it works out differently. Interesting. And, I mean, do the parents, you know, overall they they pay attention to what you're telling them? Because, you know, every now and then I hear these stories of, you know, well, my kid's only nine, but, you know, they really could compete with the 13s, but the reality is, no, they're a nine. <laughs> you know? uh, the reality um, is, if you're a nine, you're a nine, and, and there's a reason yeah. why you're a nine. Um, now, sometimes it's an easy fix. Sometimes it's a difficult fix. Uh, if it's a difficult fix, you're probably going to stay at nine for a while. That's that's the reality of it. <clears throat> you know, but the parents, you know, they're very emotionally attached to the kids, and they they feel that they can you know they they watch matches every all day long and they they feel like <laughs> you know um they feel like you know they they um, they, they want to be positive towards the outcome and you know and i understand their point of view too um now if you're a 9 or if you are a 10 or whatever your utr is there's always a good school for you and that's what I try to make a lot of our parents realize um, for the most part, our parents do understand. And that's why educating the parents is so important. Not telling them what school their kids should go, 
but giving them the the information of what schools uh, a certain level of kids go. You know, um, you know, like uh, we have a kid who signed up with Warren Warren Business School, UPenn. I mean, they have one one spot for Warren Business, and um, you know, he he took that, and he's a brilliant tennis player. Last year, Super Nationals and 16th, he made the finals at at the clay courts. Um, you know, and and he got got that opportunity. You know, and three years, four years down before, his parents didn't know where where he would go and all that. You know, and um, but the important thing is to educate the parents. Once you educate the parents and uh, let them know what the realistic goals are, then it's very easy to talk to them. Um, you know, we've had a very positive, um, everything has been very positive at our club. You know, I think we gra- we've been graduating at least eight um, or nine players pretty much every single year. You know, we we had a girl who graduated and, you know, very smart kid, um, 35 on her ACT, um, you know, but I think John, she went to a Division three school, Johns Hopkins, and you know that was the perfect fit for her, you know, and uh, she's gonna play in the lineup. She's gonna, you know, get a very good education, and um, you know is is gonna enjoy 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 every aspect of the school from the education part of it and um, the tennis side of it too. So you know, and that's why I think you have to when you start, you gotta be broad and be like top twenty schools and not limit yourself to like top five or like. A lot of the parents there are like, you know, I want my kids to just stay in the south or, you know, not too far away. And and I understand all those things. But if you're playing tennis, there's a lot of opportunities all around the country. And, um, you know, and a lot of opportunities for their future, too. Absolutely. So let's circle back. Let's circle back to Trent and what's in his future. His future, he actually, uh, we just got an email, I think, yesterday, before yesterday. He's going to, um, he, he got to walk out into the main draw of U.S. Open so, uh, for the junior, so he's going to play that. <clears throat> then after that, uh, we have um, the fall coming. Um, we, you know, we want him to play juniors next year. Um, there's a lot of kids who are going to be the 98s. They're probably going to be dropping out. Um, of the rankings in January. So with that, I think I counted, I think there were like about 30 or 25 kids who were above him. So, you know, his ranking gets bumped up and all that kind of stuff. Um, But we want to have a good fall. If you have a good fall in some junior tournaments, we won't have to travel as many uh, junior tournaments next year. Um, We want him to start playing a lot more pro tournaments next year. Um, make the schedule a little more, um, you know, a little more challenging, you know, and um, as and, and pro events, it's 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 a tough it's it's a tough ask. So <clears throat> once we qualify for for all the Grand Slams and everything, um, we want him to start playing more for um, pro tournaments, and then you know, then you have your big decision if you want to go to college or if you want to take the pro route and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. So that's coming. And uh, um, making those decisions are not the easiest decisions, you know, um, <clears throat> for anyone, as a coach, as a player, as a parent. 
uh, you have so much invested in it and um, you know you want the best of the best for your son or for your player or, or the player himself or himself you know so <clears throat> so those are the decisions that that come for us in in the future you know well that's a lot to deal with for sure <laughs> yes. I know yes. you guys will put a lot of thought into it and uh, make the right decision for Trent and you know for his future so it'll be fun to watch this next year I've yeah, I've enjoyed getting to watch him play. I, I see him once a year. I see him at the BB&T, and, you know, from last year to this year, there was a huge jump, and and I was at that first-round match, and in, it was interesting because he had a lot of buddies in the stands, and they were yeah. very vocal, and yeah. um, I would have to imagine that, that he saw and heard them, and that, you know, that has to be a bit distracting, and like you said, these are all things you learn, and learn how to manage and handle as you, as you develop. So, you know, that's very cool to see that. And I'll look forward to seeing him play next year as well. But uh, so we've got just a couple minutes left. Do you have any uh, advice you'd like to share with parents in terms of, you know, helping their children reach their potential in tennis or, or, you know, choosing college or, Anything else you'd like to share? Um, the only advice that I would give, uh, I think the, the the biggest one is, you know, I think you need to uh, listen to your kid as to what they want to do. Because I, I feel a lot of these kids, you know, they listen to the parents and, you know, nothing wrong with that and all that, but they'll enjoy and they'll be good at what they like to do. Um, so always ask them before, you tell them as to what they want to do, what they should do. Uh, regarding the college search, ask them, like, hey, what school would you like to do? And what would you like to study? And uh, all of that. And then you can maybe help them uh, make that decision. Uh, sometimes I feel like I ask the parent, I ask the kid, hey, would you want to go to a super um, high academic school and um, an okay tennis school or, or, or a, a very good tennis school and, a, and um, you know, a slightly not a strong academic school or something in the middle and, and, and you know, so the parents jump in like, hey, um, academic all the way, academic all the way. And the kid hasn't even answered yet, you know, and and and, and, and that point I think is just a little bit of a negative to the kid. I just, I feel in those cases, the kid and the parent always make a little bit of a wrong decision. I, I feel like you should talk to your talk to your kid, what they want to study, uh, what they really like, and find the best possible scenario for them. That's it. And <clears throat> usually coaches do a very good job at it. So um, you know, let the coaches do what they do the best. You know, and let them let them, let them do it. Uh, let them talk to the coaches and everything. And um, you know, a lot of positive things come out of that. So, yeah, that's, that's the only advice I can give you. That's yeah. great advice. That's great advice. Well, Ben, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate it. I know you are a crazy busy man, so <laughs> I'll let you get back out on the course. It's actually a gorgeous day here in Atlanta right now, so I'm sure yeah. you've got some kids waiting on you out there. Uh, sure. Get back to work, man, and, um, <laughs> and I will look forward to talking to you again. You're welcome on this show anytime. I'd always love to, sure. to have you and 
I love running into you at the tournament, so I, I hope I'll see you soon. Uh, same here, same here. Thank you for thank you for having me. Uh, it's been fun talking. So talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye bye. <laughs> To my listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, I want to just remind you to please go to ParentingAces.com and check out today's article on the Saul Schwartz Safe College Tennis All-In Tournament. We had just a phenomenal weekend, and um, I'm still a little bit on cloud nine over that. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the chat with Viv today. He, he is a special coach, and if you have a chance to – work with him on a visit to Atlanta, I would encourage you to to take advantage of that and, um, or you know, at the very least, head out to Lifetime. It's a beautiful club and um, check it out. And I am looking forward to the U.S. Open getting started. Unfortunately, I won't be there this year, but uh, you can bet I'll be watching on TV nonstop. So, Make sure you have your updated U.S. Open app on your phone so you can keep up with the matches. And the junior U.S. Open is always the second week of the tournament, and the college event will be happening again the second week of the tournament this year. So uh, two of my favorite parts of the U.S. Open. I'm looking forward to following those. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next time on Parenting Aces. Spring, it's finally here. Time to clean things up and get back on target. Cabela's Spring Great Outdoor Days. Family events, amazing deals. Your one stop before the range. Save over 20% on PMC 223 rifle ammo. Get $40 off Federal 556 bulk ammo. And $75 off Smith & Wesson M&P shield pistols. Plus, find more great deals on over 20,000 items throughout the store. Don't miss out. Shop in-store or online at cabelas.com.